Angela Yee and Charlemagne the God. The, the Breakfast Club, bitches. <laughs> the voice of the culture. People watch The Breakfast Club for, like, news and really be tuned in. It's one of my favorite shows to do just because y'all always keep it 100, y'all keep it real. They might not watch the news, but they're on Twitter. They're on Facebook. They're, you know, they're listening to The Breakfast, the Breakfast Club. Get your ass up. Good morning, Angela Yee. Hey, DJ Envy. Charlemagne the God. Peace to the planet. It's Friday! Yep, Charlemagne is not here yet. Angela Yee is still in uh, San Tropez. Uh, shout out to Angela Yee. I spoke to her yesterday. She's living her best life. Of course, uh, Magic Johnson is celebrating his 60th birthday. So he was out there. She went out there with them. And there's a whole bunch of people out there really just enjoying life. She was telling me... Uh, some of the things that she was doing and, you know, jumping from yacht to yacht and some of the fancy places she's been eating at. So shout to her. She'll be back on Saturday just in time for my car show. Now, I'm excited. Now, if you don't know, yesterday I was uh, honored for International DJ of the Year, right? They had a, a, a huge Dominican, uh, I want to say a gala. And I'm wearing my, what is this called? Sashay? A sash. A sash? Sash. 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 I'm wearing my, how do you say it in Spanish? No, I don't know. All right, well, I'm wearing my sash right now. Now, it doesn't say International DJ of the Year. It says DJ International of the Year. International. In, oh, International DJ of the Year. That is me. I had a great time last night at the gala. I didn't know what anybody was saying to me. Oh, yeah. All I know, when this song came on, they were rocking, though. But anyway, last night I was at the gala, and everybody was talking to me. And all I know is C. So my homie pulled me to the side. He was like, you know, the guy asked for your sneakers after this thing, and you told him yes. I don't know what I was saying last night, but... I am. Who am I? I am in the DJ International of the Year, and I'm so proud of that. So I'm wearing my sash all day long. I don't know where Charlemagne is yet, but we could have had some fun with it. But anyway, okay, you start the music now. But I'm excited about this car show. The car show goes down tomorrow. A lot of work put to this car show. So many different celebrity cars are being in the building. Shout out to Michael Strahan, 50 Cent, Offset, Two Chains. Fabulous currency, plies, push a T. There's so many people that's gonna be there. So I hope I hope to see you guys. It's gonna be a family fun day. I just put something together that I thought would be fun for the whole family. So we have jumpies and bounce houses for the kids, face painters and uh balloonists. I don't even know what they call them, the balloon clowns that put the balloon things together. What are they call? You don't know even yet, but that guy, he'll be there as well. And we have hair braiders. We have uh, somebody doing nails. We actually have Sephora doing facials. So it's going to be a lot of stuff, and all that stuff is free. Uh, not the hair braiding, but the rest of that stuff is free because we just want you to enjoy, and then you can just come chill and look at some of the cars. So let me shout out to some of my sponsors. I just want to shout them out. Uh, shout out to the Jesse and the Detox Doctors. They always come up here, and they talk about detoxing, living a healthy life. They are a sponsor. Shout out to Angela Yee and her Drink Fresh Press. They are sponsors. Shout out to Juices for Life, BK, sponsors. Uh, shout out to 1-800-CAR-CRASH, my guy Steve, sponsor. Shout out to the credit guy. He'll be there helping people with his credit. What up, Jose? Uh, no Limit Auto Body, who's helping towing the cars and fixed up a lot of cars. Shout out to you guys. Sephora in Wayne, New Jersey. They're coming just to give women facials for free, and I thought that was dope. Thank you. Matt, the mortgage guy, he's going to be there. He's going to be helping people get pre-approved, so he'll be there. So if you haven't been in my seminar, it's good because a lot of people will be there to help you out. Fashion over. Fashion Nova came in. Shout out to Fashion Nova. They didn't send me any clothes to wear yet, but shout out to Earn and 
Fashion Nova. I'm excited about that. Shout out to Kia and Wayne. Paul Miller, Rolls Royce. Uh, Rolls Royce D, thank you. And shout out to Lambo Paramus. And my final thank you besides Power 105.1 and my iHeart, uh, my iHeart family is Lincoln Tech. Shout out to Lincoln Tech. Shout out to Tina and shout out to everybody on the Lincoln Tech campuses. You guys really support it. You came through. Y'all seen the vision. And this car show is getting bigger and bigger. So shout out to those guys. All right. Now let's get the show cracking. Mayor Pete will be joining us. Mayor Pete will be here this morning. Of course, he's a candidate for 2020. We'll talk to him about what's going on and everything in the next debate. So we'll talk to Mayor Pete and also comedian Gary Owen. He'll be joining us this morning. What up, Charlemagne? He'll be joining us this morning. Mayor Pete and Gary Owen. Two white men. The two white men. Two white men I actually like, though. Mm-hmm. I like Gary Owen and I like uh, I like Mayor Pete. Play my music again. You see my sash? Play my music. I'm glad that the Dominican, you know, let's talk about this. You know, to all the Dominicans out there for finally accepting their brother, even though he don't accept y'all. I'm DJ International. That's how you say International. Internationally. I've been trying to tell this man that he's Dominican for the past eight, nine years. And he won't even accept it, but now he's finally in it, finally accepted. So shout to all my Dominican, 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 turn it up a little bit. Yes. You about to start crashing all the Dominican parties, taking all the Dominican DJ jobs. That was good. It was a good night. The food was amazing. A lot of rice and beans. Turn up a little bit. There was no rice and beans. A lot of, a lot of white jeans in the building. A uh, couple white suits. You look ridiculous. This is cultural appropriation. I am insulted. Why? I, I, they I, honored I, me last night. I feel night. bad for all the Dominicans out there that have to have to watch this right now. Turn it up a little bit. Oh my God. What they saying? One kiss. One kiss. <laughs> Woo, kinky. All right. That, um, that thing, what's that thing you wearing? What do you call it? A sash. A sash. Yes. That looked pretty big. You sure that's not uh, Caesar's? No, you I saw he had one. Always play too much. You always play too much. Y'all didn't switch sashes last you night. You know what? When we come back, we got to talk front page news to tell you about Hurricane Dorian and more. Don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the God. We are the Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Now, NFL was back last night in Thursday Night Football. The Green Bay Packers beat the Chicago Bears 10-3 in the season opener. Oh, that must have been a defensive game. Yeah, I it damn, was. I damn sure didn't watch it. I was out last night. Yeah, I didn't watch it either. Now, also, Hurricane Dorian. It seems like it's uh, weak into a Category 1. Uh, there's five related U.S. deaths so far, 30 in the Bahamas. But, you know, with the Bahamas, they're still trying to figure everything out. There's still so much destruction and so many people still trying to be accounted for. Now, they're saying in South Carolina and North Carolina, 293 people, 293,000 people still have no power. Mm. And it's just hit Virginia. And so far, 700 people have no power. The worst things about situations like this is like, if I'm not mistaken, I think hurricane season... It's just getting in the full swing. Right. So we don't know how many more of these we're going to see before the year is over. Right. Well, Rihanna said on uh, Instagram and Twitter that she is going to do something. She hasn't figured out what she's going to do, but I'm sure she's going to do something in a major way. I mean, the truth of the matter is, you know, everybody just got to put their money where their mouth is. You just got to make sure you're putting your money towards the right organization. The right organization. You want to give your money to organizations that are on the ground. Mm -hmm. And I remember when this happened um, in Houston, of course, I gave my money to Trader Truth. And the reason I gave my money to Trader Truth is because I know that Trader Truth and Mr. Correct. Rogers was on the ground with it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, really taking that money where it was needed, you know, in the trenches. That's right. You know, that's, you're just trying to find those organizations to give you bread to. Yep. Ludacris is donating $100,000 to Hurricane Dorian Relief. He's using his proceeds from the Luda Day Week, and he says all proceeds will be going to the relief fund. Tyler Perry has already sent uh, his seaplane out there already, and it's delivered water, juice, sleeping bags, diapers, uh, various hygiene products, and more. What the hell is a seaplane? 
And what does the A and B plane look like? No, C, C plane is that big? No, C plane is the plane that lands on water. C, the C, oh, C, ocean. Okay, that's rich people talk. You yeah, know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? I'm just gonna sit over. I'm just gonna sit over here and act my wage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know nothing about that. And they also brought back uh, seven passages, including small children, a pregnant woman, and others who needed medical attention. So that's what Tyler Perry's doing. Shout to uh, Hampton University. They announced uh, that they're going to partner up with the University of the Bahamas. They're going to allow students who have been displaced to uh, come to Hampton to uh, tuition free for a semester. So wow, that's pretty dope. How would y'all just going to let the other HU do y'all like that? So shout to the real HU wow. Hampton University for really stepping up and, and helping wow. out the University of the Bahamas and wow. the, those students and giving them a place to stay. That's what the real HU does. Drop one of clues bombs for Howard. No Hampton. Hello. Hampton. <laughs> that's, that's Hampton. That would be Hampton. <laughs> And that's front page news. <laughs> now get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you're upset, you need to vent, hit us up right now. Maybe you had a bad night or maybe you had a horrible night or maybe you just want to spread some positivity. 800-585-1051 is The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Wake up, wake up. Wake your ass. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed, we want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? This is Dion calling out of Charlotte. What's up, 704 Dion? Queen City, what's happening? What's going on, bro? Get it off your chest. Hey, new baby alert, man. The baby got a song with Post Malone on his new album. Hey, Post got a song with Lenny, uh, Ozzy Osbourne. St. John had a song with Lenny Kravitz on his album last week. Thanks for, the up- thanks, for, thanks for the updates, bro. Post Malone got an album out? <laughs> we needed that. Yeah, he just dropped the album. We needed oh, that update I, I, on the Friday, bro. I didn't know Post Malone got an album out. Thank you, man. Post dropped something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. New music. New music. Hey, the baby, the baby. Word. I, right. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't give a damn about Post Malone's new music. I'm going to leave that man. He's right on the shelf. Hello, who's this? Hey, hey what's up, man? It's Mello. Mello, what's up? Get it off your chest. Man, get it. Man, I got to drop one of Clues Bonds for you, DJ MV. You finally claiming the, you finally claiming the Dominicans fighting you. There you, you go. DJ internationality, yeah. And on top of that, you did the Yo's better than Charlemagne, man. Charlemagne, you slacking, bro. I did, I did the Yo's. I did the Angela Yee. Well, I did the DJ. I did yeah, everybody. Yo, well, now he's holding it down, bro. Well, now that he's really in Britain. holding it down for everybody this morning. The black people, the Dominicans. <laughs> exactly. The, the now, that, now that he's embracing his Dominican side, his screaming is better. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> this guy's an ass. Hello, who's this? What's up, man? It's Black Money. Black. What up, Black? What up? I can't call it, man. I'm good with you. Now, I don't know. You calling us. What's up, bro? Man, I'm out here. The only car on the road right now, man. Out north of West 25th Street. Shout out to Maxon's Demolition Crew. We're still out here working. You know what I mean? You need any anything removed, any type of demolition, man, hit us up. Bro, it's a hurricane out there. What do you mean you're working? We out here working, man. We got to get it, man. People need help out here. All right, man. Maxon's Environmental Services, West 25th Street. All right, bro. Be safe out there, though. You too, man. Hello, who's this? This Chad at Teflon. What's up, bro? Get it off your chest, man. Get it off my chest. Yo, this DJ Envy? Nope. Who this? Who this? This Chad at Teflon. I just want to say, man, it's a debate going on. What's, who, who's better, Power or Snowfall? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't watch Snowfall. I'm invested in the power. I mean, I've watched Snowfall a couple of times, and it's good. But I'm really invested in the power, so I would have to go with power. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. So so, so power got me really invested and got my interest. And I'm just now watching Snowfall, and I don't see the comparison. I don't understand why you would compare the two. Plus, one was stolen 
from the whole story of Ricky Ross. I don't get it. I don't think that you can um, ask either one of us, though. And I don't think that we can even ask you because, like you say, you just started watching Snowfall. I don't really watch Snowfall. If I had watched every episode of Snowfall and every episode of Power, I could give you a better, you know, uh, critique, but no. And I didn't know that that was a debate online. Is that a, a big debate online? Did I miss that? It's a huge debate online. Oh. Y'all need to get in and know. Y'all need to get in and know. So, so check this out. I just started watching me and I'm on season three. So what that mean? <laughs> you ain't got no life? I'm on, season, I'm on season six of Power. So mm. I'm like, I just caught the connection between Tariq, the girl he met in college, and his roommate. You can't tell me that's not evolving into the new ghost you know what I'm saying? Tommy and his old lady. Oh, that's a good observation, sir. Okay. Great observation. observation. Great observation. Game, Great observation, sir. But I would not. I, first of all, I need I need Ghost to die and probably Tariq to die this season. I'm over both of them. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You need Ghost to die? Bro. Man, Ghost are trash. What do you do for a living, bro? Oh, I'm, I'm in the military. Okay. And I do, I do, I do comedy on IG, but yeah. Okay. All right. But how do y'all, why do you need Ghost to die of all people? Because Ghost like, is a sucker. Bro, this is Friday. We're not having a, a power debate right now. But thank you. All right, bet. <laughs> <laughs> and shout out to 50 Cent. 50 Cent is actually directing this weekend. So he's excited about that. So and he's adding back the Joe intro, as he should. Yeah, he's adding back the Joe intro. So get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up right now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. So you better have the same energy. We want to hear from you on the Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? This Mark. Mark, you calling back for some, some more slander, Mark? Well, Jenny May and Jeezy. What's wrong with Jenny May and Jeezy? Jeezy? What's the problem with black men allowing themselves to be fetishized? There's a video of her talking about uh, black men, and she calls them dark meat. I heard about that. I didn't watch the video though, but I heard about it. What's the problem? Yeah, I saw the video. What's the problem? So why do black men allow non-black women to actually disrespect them in that way? Just to get laid. By calling us dark meat? Now, if you don't remember, Mark Colden yesterday was very mad at Chris Brown for liking uh, women outside of the African-American race. Well, that 20-year-old agent that he's seeing that look like a dude called him a n- and he's still seeing her. Ooh. First of all, you told us yesterday that Chris Brown liked uh, trans people, trans women. So what's, I don't That's get... the girl I'm talking about. She called him a n- and she on tour with him right now. Mark? Well, maybe she's a trans so she's able to say that word. Mark. <laughs> Mark. Is that just she might be trans? Mark, you don't know you, how she feels inside. Mark, are you in a relationship? Huh? Are you in a relationship, Mark? Yeah, why? Just asking. Hey, because you call up here at 6 mean... in the morning every morning <laughs> with nothing better to talk about. That's why. Just twice. I just happened to get through twice. And I'm just lucky. Okay. I, I'm, and I'm going to be honest with you. I don't have so a problem. It's okay. Wait. So it's okay for him to see an Asian girl that call him a but he going off on women who called him a colorist. I don't even know if what you're saying is true, but if it is true, no. It's that's true. not okay for an Asian person to say that to a black person. Well, Chris is just a coon anyway, so I guess that figures. But I thought you started talking about Jenny Mai and Jeezy. She did. Yeah, because I'm talking about how black, how non-black women fetishize black men, and y'all allow it. Y'all allow them to be around y'all, say the word, call y'all a No, we don't. Who is y'all? Who is y'all? We don't. I see it all the time. I see a bunch of white women, Hispanic women, and like I use Chris for example because it's been open. He's been in videos with girls using 
Bro, can you stop saying the word? I don't know what you're talking about, my nigga. But I'm gonna tell you something. I'm gonna tell you something. Um, uh, I've been getting fetishized over my whole life. You know what I'm saying? I get called. They call you dark meat. They call me little dark chocolate. They call me little young tasty cakes. You know what I'm saying? Do you like it? Yeah, it actually does feel kind of good, <laughs> if I'm being honest with you. <laughs> well, Mark, you have a good... You seem like you need a hug, Mark. Come on, give me a hug through this phone. Give me a hug. Come on, come on. Give me a hug. Bring it in. Hug. Bring it in! Well, you gonna come give me a hug? Can I get free tickets? See, you went too far. See, I was gonna give you a hug, but you went too far. Trav, get it off your chest, Trav, man. Yo, I'm talking about... Hey, what's up, Envy? What's up, Trav? What's going on, Char? What up, sis? How you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Listen, can we drop with a clues bomb from Meg Thee Stallion? What Meg Thee Stallion wow, wow. do? I want to thank her for convincing Nicki Minaj to retire, because I'm pretty sure it was her. Listen, Nicki, we love you. Thank you for everything you've done. Don't come back wearing the 405 like Jordan. Take care of your family. Have a family. Have fun. And we love you. Thank you for being such an amazing legend. Trav, you're messy. Why, 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 what Meg Thee Stallion got to do with this? Oh, because I'm, I'm pretty sure Meg is the one that convinced her to retire. You know what, Trav? Goodbye. Yeah, Enjoy I just don't understand. I don't understand, no, look, I, I don't understand why, why, why this is news. Me. Yes. Amy, one more thing. Yes. Um, Cowboys is going to win um, against the Giants. We know this. On Sunday. We know this. Now, drop, drop in the clues bonds for the, um, for the Cowboys. And if you want, I would love to put a $20 bet on the Envy. Let's do this. Let's do this. Trav, I thought if, you was taking a knee all season. If the Giants win, you got to kiss Charlemagne on the mouth. Oh, I'm ready. <laughs> first of all, first of all, first of all, and Black. if the Cowboys all, win, that. you got to kiss Charlemagne on the mouth. First of all, black men don't cheat, so I don't know why Envy even saying that. You know what I mean? But, um, Trav, I thought you was taking a knee all season. You said it was gay, so what? Two you knees. Be Are you going to be there tomorrow, Charlemagne, at Envy Park Show? Are you going to show up and support, and support? Nope. You know Charlemagne don't come out with, with large crowds. <laughs> you don't come out and support anything. I'm going to see you tomorrow. The way my NBA anxiety man. set up. <laughs> yeah, all right. I'll post about it on Instagram. <laughs> Get it off your chest. 800 Wait, we got DJ on the line. DJ, you all right, man? Hello? You all right? You want to talk about mental health? You all right? Yeah, man, I'm good. I just wanted to uh, give you all applause. You know, uh, Charlemagne, always keeping up, talking about black mental health. It's really important. Um, I work with a very sensitive population of first-time black male felons, and it's really just a lack of coping skills. They just don't know how to deal with stuff. So keep doing y'all. Uh, just want to give you all applause and happy Friday. Thank you, my brother. I'm we had a great up. conversation last night in Brooklyn at Powerhouse Arena with, uh, you know, psychiatrist Dr. Jessica Clemens, man. It was it was a great conversation because, you know, my, my book Shook One, Anxiety Playing Tricks on Me, is out. It came out in paperback this week. And so we had a great conversation about my favorite subject, which is mental health. So thank you. That's right. The paper book, the paperback is out right now. It came out on my birthday. So make sure you go pick it up. Are you saying my back was out on your birthday? Yeah, it was. Did your you wife know about it? Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, you can hit us up at any time. And when we come back, let's talk Nicki Minaj. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Yeah, yeah. How a bored out drum gonna get mad at me because he telling me a, about an artist named um, what's his name? Anal AA. What's his name? Anwell. Anwell AA. He's on that new record with Fat Joe and uh, Cardi B. Cardi B. We gonna play in a little bit not now, but we gonna play in a little second. Tough tune. Oh, you, oh, you, is he Dominican drum? AA. He's Puerto Rican. Oh, okay. I'm just trying to see how much Envy's leaning into his Dominican uh, side this morning. Oh, my goodness. Well, let's Since get to the rumors. they gave me an award last night. <laughs> yeah, they gave me an award. DJ International. How do you say it? International. DJ International of the year. And you've been fronting on your Dominican side for so long. It's crazy to me. I've been telling you you've been Dominican for at least seven years now. <laughs> well, I got my award Wait last night. Wait till Sunday when he wears his New York Giants jersey with some white jeans. Y'all gonna know how Dominican he is then. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get to the rumors. Let's talk Nicki Minaj. This is the Rumor Report. 
with Angela Yee. Mama has it. Mama has it. Mama has it. Now, Nicki Minaj said that she is retiring to start a family. She posted okay. it uh, posted this yesterday on Twitter. She said, um, "I'm still right here." No, what the hell? Oh, here it goes. I've decided to retire and have my family. I know you guys are happy now. To my fans, keep repping me. Do it till the death of me. In the box, put X in the box because ain't nobody checking for me. Love you for life. Why are y'all reporting this like it's like it's real news? Why are y'all reporting this like this is a serious thing? Like you understand the context of why she posted that. She posted that because she was upset about uh, what, what was I think it was Hip Hop DX or somebody was telling her that they don't really know who she is through her music. So she was just uh, she, yeah, she didn't. She's not really retiring. So why is everybody running with this story like Nicki Minaj is retiring? And you know it's not a real story. Like, was it a slow news day yesterday? I don't know. Come on, man. But I don't know. Stop. I mean, maybe it hurt her feelings. And then she started I'm sure uh, it did. It would saying hurt some songs too. that uh, that they... But why? Why does that hurt your feelings? Because one publication said they, they don't feel something like that? It does hurt she your feelings. She has millions no, 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 of fans. No, 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 It has nothing to do with you personally. It, it's, it's, it's the fact that people are so stupid. And people aren't doing their research. So if they actually did their research and they realized he is autobiographical in her music, and then because for you to say to her, hey... I don't know who you are. And clearly, you don't listen to my, my music like that. What did Jay-Z say back in the day? Do you fools listen to music or you just skim through it? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because her fans know exactly who she is because they actually listen to her records. Right. You know, me, me and Nicki Minaj don't have the best relationship right now. You I know that. actually think she hates me. But I would say this. One thing I would say about Nicki is Nicki came up with nobody liking her from the start. Like, really? Yes. I don't believe that. Absolutely. Nah, New York New York kind of sh- didn't F with her at all. I never, I always liked Nicki. Nah, no, this is before that. New York really didn't F with her. Nicki had to grind, grind, grind. Then she, remember, she went to Atlanta. She popped off in Atlanta because she was kind of under Gucci and Deb and all that. And then she kind of got her start in, from there. But at first, New York really, wasn't really messing with Nicki. Especially re- the New York DJ. So. Yeah, I'm realizing that a lot of you New York DJs don't know what the hell y'all doing. Because if you think <laughs> about back in the day, y'all let... Y'all had to, y'all let uh, Dr. Dre and M sign Fifty Cent, and the executives here in New York, by the way. And y'all let uh, Lil Wayne and them sign Nicki. How you let that talent from right out your backyard go? Why weren't y'all supporting that talent from the beginning back in the day? Just go for the DJs and executives. Well, we was always supporting Fifty Cent. Fifty was always being supported. The problem with Fifty is he had beef with Supreme, which was Irv's guy, and mm-hmm. Irv and them was blackballing him, so he had to go to the West Coast because everybody was blackballing him here. So the, none of the executives in New York had the balls. To sign him, basically. Nah, after Columbia dropped him, no. Clue tried, okay. Clue and him tried to sign him, but that didn't work. And I, I think what happened with Fifty Cent was the best. I think he wouldn't be allowed. I wouldn't say allowed, but they pushed him to do what he wanted to do. Eminem yeah. and Dr. Dre. He was able to say whatever he wanted to say about anything. The Source magazine, any artist, and they allowed it. They let they, him they be cool. free. They let him be free. I think in any situation they would have tried to to put a muzzle on. So him. how y'all miss Nicki? I don't know. That's a good question. Oh. That's a good question. I, I, I always thought Nikki was fire. Yeah, like, no, that was a good come, question. From the come-up DVDs. When she was with Fendi. Yeah, I, I mean... I used to be shot Nikki out when I was on Wendy Williams' show, and that had to be like, oh, six. Yeah, but New York DJs did, never really supported Nikki, so the fact that Nikki, you know, has a little uh, chip on her shoulder about that, I I get it. I would, too. And the so, fact that she don't mess so with... Starts, why you don't support her now? I do. Okay. What? I'm just asking if you could tell a big lie like that on the radio in what front big of everybody. Lie? I do play... Uh, what? The joint with her and uh, what? Megan Thee Stallion. Hot Girl oh, Summer. I play that. Because it's Meg's record. Nah, when, but, what's the last Nicki record you played? Well, I didn't really love Megatron, but I played it I played oh, it a couple okay. times. I didn't love it. Gotcha. Did you love Megatron? No. You see? I'm not a DJ. <laughs> I'm not a DJ. I hate you. <laughs>
And Drake, shout out to Drake. He gives an interview about Top Boy. Now, Top Boy was a show, I guess, in London that didn't do well. Drake loved it, so he decided to pick it up and buy it. Top Boy is actually very dope. I, I watched Top Boy on Netflix a couple of years ago. It's only it's all, it's, uh, it's two seasons, but only like four episodes a season. Mm-hmm. And it's really it, it's not that it's a great show. It is a really good show. But what's so interesting about it? It shows the street life of London. I mean, you know, you tell one street story, you tell them all. Right. So it's really just about you know where you're from. You know, they, a lot of them don't have guns. Like it's dope. Now, let's, uh, we have Drake, we have audio? Yeah, I, I did my research and I found out that it had been ultimately canceled. And, and I brought it up to my uh, my manager, my partner. And I said, yo, we should try and bring this back. I mean, I think the entire UK would appreciate it. And like at first it was kind of like just for me, I was like, yo, I need this back. But then, then I realized how much it meant to so many people. And um, next thing I knew, we were sitting in a room with Netflix and, and here we are. Smart move. I just want to know if it's going to be more than four episodes this season. I guess we'll see. All right. When Drake said he was sitting down with his partner and manager, he's talking about Future the Prince. And mm-hmm. the dope thing about Future the Prince was Future the Prince started off as Drake's DJ. And with DJ from on tour and DJ him and do his shows, and he moved up, and now he's partner and manager, Drake's which is dope. He's executive producing some good projects. He mm-hmm. executive produces uh, Euphoria as well, him and um, Future the Prince. I'm going to tell you something, though. When you ask somebody what is a top boy, if you put a comma between top and boy, woof. You said it was gay, so what? <laughs> See, y'all too fast with that, man. That's your rumor report. When we come back, front page news will give you updates on Dorian. Don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. <laughs> hey, what are we doing? Oh, front page news. Who knows? What are, what are what we doing for the past nine years? All right. Well, let's get in some front page news. Mm-hmm. Now, last night, the NFL is back in Thursday Night Football. The Packers take on, or they beat the Bears 10-3 to in the season opener. Now, this Sunday, my Giants will be crushing the Dallas Cowgirls. So let, the, let, let, let the record show, uh, I am a diehard Dallas Cowboys fan. If you know anything about me, Charlemagne the God, Leonard McKelvey, then you know my father tased uh, a Marine <laughs> on 9-11 sure at did. MetLife Stadium about seven, eight years ago. He sure that's did. how diehard we are about our Dallas Cowboys. He sure did. My daddy is one of those people who has uh, six-time uh, uh, NFL World Champion, the Dallas Cowboys, on his arm. But they don't. They don't have six championships. That's right. He got. He only got five. So he got that immediately after we won the fifth uh, Super Bowl back in the nineties. And I remember asking him, "We back then when I was a young jit. So what if they win more than six? What he say? Ever in life? He didn't have an answer. Oh, we've been well, stuck on five. <laughs> what happens if they don't ever get six? He still got. Yeah, my dad's up in age. Hey. All right. Well, I don't got much. Damn, Charlamagne. <laughs> Jeez. All right. Well, let's talk about Hurricane Dorian. Now, uh, it has weakened to a Category 1 storm. There are five storm-related deaths in the U.S. and 30 so far in the Bahamas, but they're still uh, sifting through and, and, and finding more and more destruction. They're saying 293,000 customers in North Carolina and South Carolina have no power. 700 have no power in Virginia. Now, um, you know... Bahamas is going to need a lot to, to rebuild, and Tyler Perry is starting. He's already sent his seaplane to the Bahamas twice already. They dropped off water, juice, sleeping bags, diapers, uh, various hygiene products, and more. They even brought back seven people, including small children, a pregnant woman, and others who needed medical attention. I'm so stupid, and clearly not. Um, of course I'm not as rich as Tyler Perry, but I thought a seaplane was just like his third plane. I no. thought he had an A plane and a B no. plane. No, he seaplane. just the seaplane. It lands on the sea. You never seen them seaplanes that land on the sea and take off off, off the ocean? Hell no, I ain't never seen that. Uh, I would have thought that was a flying boat, my dumb ass. It, well, it's kind of like a flying boat. It, it is? lands on a... Uh, anyway. Well, whatever. Tyler Perry clearly can afford one. Yeah, he has Jesus one. Jesus Christ. He Drop on the clues bond for Tyler Perry, man. My God. 
Now, Ludacris uh, is donating $100,000 to Hurricane Dorian uh, Relief. In, uh, he said the proceeds from his Luda Day weekend will go into Help the Relief Fund. I like that. Drop on the clues bomb for Luda. Luda! Ludacris is radio alumni, by the way. He we is. forget that Ludacris was a radio guy. Yes, he is. He started in radio. Now, um, Hampton University, the real HU, Hampton HU, okay, announced that uh, Thursday it will be partnering with the University of the Bahamas to allow students who have been displaced by the storm to spend the fall semester on its campus in Hampton, Virginia for free. I cannot believe how it is letting Hampton upstage them like that. So shout out to President Harvey. Shout out to Hampton University. That is pretty dope. So, again, Hampton University is teaming up with the University of the Bahamas to allow students who have been displaced by the storm to spend the fall semester on his campus, beautiful campus in Hampton, Virginia, tuition free. Drop on the clues, bombs for the real HU. That's right. Howard. No, 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 no. The real HU Hampton. Listen, I support all HBCUs, and I think that's a real uh, gangster move. For Hampton to be doing that yeah. for the for the people that are displaced from the Bahamas. I think that's dope. Salute yeah. to Hampton University. There you go. All right. And that is your front page news. Now, when we come back. That's right. For the second time, he's back. That's right. Mayor Pete will be joining us. Mayor Pete Buttigieg. Yes. Okay. You know, he's running for president. Uh, Democratic. He's running to be the Democratic candidate uh, in 2020. 2020. And he's running to be president overall. But, uh, yeah, it's a lot of things to talk to Mayor Pete about. You know what I'm saying? I think that uh, his Douglas plan is the only plan that I've seen from a presidential candidate that is is, is specifically for black people. Like right. He has a, a clear-cut black agenda, and I'd like to, to talk to him about that, amongst other things. All right, we'll talk to Mayor Pete when we come back. Don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Back, back, back. You're checking out the world's most dangerous morning show. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. First yes, time indeed. I'm meeting him. I wasn't here the first time he stopped through. Oh, you wasn't? No. Oh. We have Mayor Pete. Welcome, sir. Thank you. Welcome Thanks back, I should say. Good to be back. Yeah, a lot more money in your uh, your, your, your treasure chest nowadays. Yeah, things have changed a little bit. Since <laughs> the first time, time you came. Yeah. How much have you raised so far? Uh, last quarter, we did, I think, uh, $23 million, something wow. like that. Wow. What? That's a, that's a lot of money. But it doesn't reflect in, like, I guess, your, your, your polls, the percentages of people who would vote for you? That's or? right, yeah. I mean, it's going to take a while to lock a lot of people down, right? Yeah. So what we've done now, we've moved, we've overtaken about 20 of my competitors. Mm-hmm. Now we've got the bigger hills to climb. But we've positioned ourselves in the top tier. And now I think these months between... Look, a lot of people won't make up their minds until mm-hmm. the last five or ten days. But the window between now and then is when you're doing the ground game, the organizing. We're opening 20 offices in 20 days in Iowa doing about a dozen in New Hampshire over the next few days, that you start putting that uh, that organization in place that actually helps you earn it. Um, and that's what the money is for. That, and of course, you got to get the word out on, on TV and the rest of it. So, you know, we're still raising funds, but now it's about actually putting them into the ground and making them work. Do you think you sucked in the first couple of debates? No, I thought we were good. Do you? You kind of got lost, man, Pete. Mm. Like, I like you because you're charismatic. I didn't really get that from the first couple of debates. Well, I mean, part of the debate format is they got you giving 60-second answers. Mm-hmm. There's 10 of you up there. And it's hard to have the meaningful conversation like we can do in the town halls. Town halls are good for us. Interviews are good for us because you can dig in. The breakfast club is. Um, obviously. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, really, we, we can dig in and talk mm-hmm. about something in some depth, right? Harder to do that into the debates. And the pressure is to just get out there and knife each other, right? And And... That's what I think the, uh, on some level, that's what I think the networks want you to do. I think people want to see that, too. They want to see the knifing. Yeah, but I'm not, we're not there to entertain people, You're right? right? Uh, now, it is fair game to, to bring out the contrast. So I think, uh, you know, we're going to be talking more and more about the differences between what I'm putting forward and what the others are. But I'm not going to do, like, a canned, 
made-for-TV moment in order to, uh, you know, be the talk of the uh, the town that night, and then a, a few weeks later, everybody's forgotten about it. Mm-hmm. I, I want to make sure Ooh, that everything that we do. No, no. This is the, oh. I'm just saying this is the pressure that you come under you when you're when you're uh, getting ready to go on. This is in the last debate too. They were they were saying like the moderates versus the left, making yeah. it look like a boxing match, right? And I get that, um, but I I think you've got to be about yourself. And the most important thing I think is for somebody watching the debate to be able to picture how their life is going to be different if you're president versus any of the others. And that gets lost. You know what? That's interesting. You said that you're not there to entertain people, but hasn't Trump kind of changed that? Like, I feel like the language of politics is dead. I feel like you do have to entertain. But that's the problem, right? I mean, the White House is being run as a reality show and we're paying the price because it turns out we need the president to be a president. Like we need the White House to run the country and to help run the world. And when you don't have that, yeah, it gets, you know, he's all about the ratings, right? He's getting the eyeballs. And, you know, anytime there's something grotesque, it's very hard to look away from. So for that reason alone, everybody's fixated on it. But it's also exhausting. It's weakening the country. It's making us worse off. We're divided. And we can't go on like that. You know, they, they say you struggle with black voters. Mm-hmm. Uh, they say it's for a number of reasons. Um, I've seen black people question your record as mayor of South Bend, Indiana. Um, I think I read, I'm reading it, and I said, in, in South Bend, African-Americans do worse than whites in the city in school and college, and they suffer high rates of unemployment and poverty. And they say, as mayor, you haven't focused on addressing those problems. Like, why didn't you put that focus on those things? As well, mayor? first of all, it's absolutely true that the, the numbers uh, demonstrate that in South Bend, just like in the country, uh, it is a worse experience for black residents. You look at employment, you look at housing, you look at health. Uh, and it is worse. But it's not true that, that, that we accept that or they haven't done anything about it. The very first thing we did was work on neighborhoods where there was a lot of blight. We had collapsing houses, making it harder to live in what were mostly black neighborhoods. We brought resources to do something about that. Uh, we've been working to make sure that we support home repair. We've been working on uh, community-oriented approaches to, uh, to policing. Policing has been a huge challenge for us. It's been a huge racial challenge for mm-hmm. us. Um, look, a mayor's not going to solve these issues overnight, but that doesn't mean we don't work on them. And, and so if the test is, did you fix racism and, and, and poverty and, and crime? Of course not. But if the test is, did we work on these things and get somewhere, um, then I believe we have a lot to, to talk about in terms of how we've handled this in South Bend. And, you know, what we're finding, the, 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 sometimes the media talks about the black voter like it's, like it's some guy, like it's one person with one opinion. You will find voters in South Bend who support me, who oppose me, who support me on housing, but don't think I got it right on policing or vice versa, uh, because there's a lot of different people with a lot of different opinions. And uh, I think it's my job to communicate all of that. Um, But if I want to earn and deserve to earn black support, then I've got to, first of all, talk about what we got right in South Bend, what we got wrong and what we learned from it, but also what we're going to do for the country. It's why we've got the the Douglas plan, which is, uh, I, I believe, the most ambitious and comprehensive plan of any of the 2020 candidates. I haven't I'm seen with anybody with a black agenda, racism. like, to that extent, right. except for you. Right, and we know we, I mean, if only because I'm the white candidate who's going to get asked the most about race, I see that as an opportunity to talk about what we've got to do. But frankly, not just for black audiences. Obviously, obviously, anytime I'm speaking to a mostly black room full of voters, they're going to want to know what's your black agenda. But frankly, this is a conversation that needs to happen with white voters. Because I think for a lot of white voters, it's been like, Anything related to race is a specialty issue. Like, you only talk about it when you're with minority voters. Mm-hmm. But this is something that doesn't get fixed unless there's a different level of understanding among white people and white voters. I've come to some of these understandings the hard way, right, as a mayor of a city 
that's 40, 45% non-white and that's gone through some uh, really brutal uh, uh, issues when it comes to, to race. Uh, not not saying that I understand the black experience, but mm-hmm. I'm saying that I, I, I understand a thing or two about how all of us are living in a racialized uh, moment and a racialized country. And I think, frankly, part of what's happened in the Trump moment is it has wakened up a lot of people, including a lot of white progressives, to the fact that, that, that some things that have been here all along, and frankly, some folks could have told us this all along, um, but have been brought to the surface where they were they were under the surface. So I think that, that these we got to talk about how when you take a racist policy or racist system and you try to replace it with a neutral one, that's not enough because a lot of the inequalities we're dealing with, they're, they're here for a reason, and they were brought uh, to us intentionally. Housing discrimination is a good example. It's all systemic. So, so, so being that this country systemically did things to put black people in this country, has to systemically do something to get them out. Exactly. I mean, look, when you break something, you got to fix it. And, uh, you know, some of these harms don't go away on their own because they compound. It's like compound interest. You have money in the bank. It grows over time. The same for a dollar saved is true of a dollar stolen. So when you have generational theft, as has happened uh, in this country for a very long time, we got to be intentional about that. And it's systemic in the sense that health is related to economic empowerment. And economic empowerment is related to education. All of these things are related to housing. And so the other thing we're, we're doing very intentionally is we have a lot to say about criminal justice reform, cutting incarceration by 50%, mm-hmm. making sure we have the right tools for, uh, for supporting police accountability. Uh, but we can't reduce the black experience in this country just to encounters with criminal justice. I want to be talking about entrepreneurship. I want to be talking about how we increase the number of black entrepreneurs creating jobs in this country. It's why we set a 25% goal for the federal government to do its purchasing with businesses run by people who've been historically excluded. It's why we want to make sure it's easier to get credit. Uh, it's why we want to make sure that the uh, federal dollars are being used to co-invest with promising startups. Uh, because we've got to talk about solutions in the same way that we're talking about problems. All right, we got more with Mayor Pete. When we come back, don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're kicking in with Mayor Pete. You, I know, like, even next week, I know they're doing a, a caucus uh, on um, helping minorities get homes and mm-hmm. helping them with uh, low to no money down, uh, low interest rates, and being able to get their loans. So. How can we help more minorities, especially black people, be able to be homeowners? You know, a lot of us have never owned a home, rented 30 years of our lives because they feel like they can't or they just don't have the money to put down. Exactly. And, and, you know, renting often is more expensive, right? In our city, it's definitely the case that that renting overall costs more money than the mortgage would cost if you could get a loan and and get a house. But a lot of people are trapped in that. Uh, You know, we talk about income gaps, but you look at the wealth gap, and that's, that's an even bigger issue racially in this country. And most Americans uh, have a lot of our wealth in our homes. So in the Douglas Plan, we propose a, a kind of 21st century homestead act. And, and the idea is that we uh, make it possible to acquire properties, especially in areas where there have been a lot of uh, abandoned properties uh, or properties that are, that are about to be bought up because we've got a lot of gentrifying going on, and make sure we put those properties in the hands of people who have lived in historically redlined areas and let them build the wealth in the equity in the home. We also know there's issues around credit scoring. Like a lot of the credit scoring systems show evidence of bias. And frankly, as we get into more and more technology, making decisions from credit to, you know, we're increasingly looking at technology to make decisions about stuff like bail, pre-trial incarceration. Mm-hmm. We've got to make sure that these equations aren't basically automating the bias. So whether it's home ownership, uh, credit for business or other areas, that's going to be a big piece of it. I also feel like we know a lot of times, I feel like when people start to make more money, the government taxes them more. 
And I don't necessarily think that's fair when you have a lot of these big businesses making millions and billions of dollars and they never get taxed. Well, that's mm-hmm. why some people support Trump. And, and but even with Trump, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't pay he doesn't pay taxes, and if he does, right. it's little to none. But then you have somebody that's that's finally made it, graduated college, pay, you know, now they have, you know, they got to pay their college tuition, their college loans, they got to pay if they went, you know, their doctorate, and they got to pay all those loans. So now they're making money. You're taking more money, and then you mm. look at somebody like a company like, let's say, Amazon, and they're paying little to no tax, and it's like, right. how fair is that? That's why you vote Trump. <laughs> look, <laughs> look, I, I, I think it's the that. truth, though. I, I wouldn't say like that. Like, the rich vote for Trump because they want less taxes, right? Yeah, but... You but to be rich. You could, you could just be just or, making it, and they charge you more taxes. Or I think people like to think of themselves as about to get rich. And mm. so you got way... I mean, the number of people who voted this way compared to the number of people who actually benefited, right, is a big difference. But... Um, but I think everybody wants to think of themselves in terms of where we're headed. But the, the issue is we can raise enough money to do the things we want to do. I mean, I'm not promising quite as much as some of the others. It's like completely free college and that kind of thing. But uh, we do have some big promises on this. Is that a Bernie right? Sanders shot? To, uh, uh, I disagree with him on that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, uh, you know, so everything is taking a lot of shots today. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm just trying to make sure you understand the difference between me and some of the others. Um, because it is important to see the differences. Mm-hmm. And it's not, I'm not going to be a jerk about it. I just think that, that people need to understand uh, the difference uh, between what we're offering and the others. So I'm not making some of the promises that some of the others are making, but uh, we have a bold agenda for making college more affordable, for uh, delivering more dollars for education. We just talked through the, uh, a little bit of the Douglas plan, the climate plan that I put out yesterday. This will cost money. So let's be honest about it. In order to get that money, we're going to have to get that from taxes. Does that mean everybody is going to get soaked? No. Does it mean we get it just from rich people? No. Although I do think that wealthy individuals can and should pay more. But to your point, how is it that, that a company like Amazon makes multiple billions of dollars billions in profit? Dollars. Billions. And they're paying less in, I mean, uh, you and I paid more in federal income taxes, assuming we paid more than zero uh, last year than they did. So clearly there's something out of whack in the corporate side. And this Trump tax cut, the only thing he's actually delivered on of all of his promises, you know, that he's going to fix immigration and crime, build the wall and all this. Um, the only thing he actually did that he said he was going to do is this tax cut. You look at it. Mostly it's for corporations. Correct. When you you, uh, you you referenced the Douglas bill, what exactly is the Douglas bill? Like I said, I dig it because it's like right. the only you're the only candidate that's presented a real black right. agenda. What is the Douglas bill? So it is a comprehensive plan to named tackle systems. It's named after Frederick Douglass because, mm-hmm. you know, here you have a figure who challenged America to be closer to what we like to think of ourselves are, right? Mm-hmm. Especially when we talk about the 4th of July and what is the 4th of July supposed to mean to a slave or a former slave. And I think that challenges at our feet now. Because our generation is either gonna gonna fix this or we're gonna blow it, and I think that look if you think about it, uh, white supremacy is the thing in American kind of beneath the surface in American life that has come closest to actually ending America. If you think about the Civil War, I would say that's the closest we've come to America just ending, and that was the force that that brought that about. And I think it remains the case that one of the things that runs the greatest risk of ending the American project. Um, is uh, systemic racism. So old white men. Well, it's yeah. all of us. This is the thing, though. It's 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 thought about old white men. <laughs> they keeping their foot on our necks. Everybody. I mean, men, black people, gay people, women, everybody. Look, everybody's got to admit that we've got a role in in perpetuating a, a racialized system, and nobody wants to think of that, right? Like the, the the there's a lot of people who are genuinely horrified at the idea that that that, that they're being called part of the problem and yet all of us have some part of the problem in us uh certainly as part of the white experience a lot of white people don't think that we have a race 
we think race is something that applies to people of color. Yes. Because we don't have to think about race, right? That's part yes. of being white. Absolutely. That's the privilege. Uh, and so we got to unpack that in a way that doesn't send people into their defensive corners. I had a conversation with our police department that uh, talked about moving policing out of the shadow of racism. And a lot of them took that as me saying that they were all racist. And it actually made it harder for us to, to reach out and talk about what the role that we've got to play. So we're having a conversation, uh, I think, across the country about this. But the bottom line is we need policies that will make a difference on the things that are holding people back. And the Douglas plan is systemic. It is housing, health, education, criminal justice, access to democracy, all of these pieces interconnected. You can read about it more online. You go to p4america.com. You can, you can pull it up. Uh, but the point is, it's recognizing that you can't touch one of these pieces without dealing with the other. Every time we talk about race and policing at home, by the end of the hour, we're talking about that, and we're talking about economic disempowerment. Now, let me... I'm sorry, I got yeah. me to cut you no, off. Fine. I want to ask you a question, you know, when you, when I think about America right now, right? And if he's Dominican, by the way. I'm not mm. Dominican. Mm. I ask myself, um, is America ready for a gay president, right? Mm -hmm. And the reason I ask that is, is a young man just killed himself for being bullied, for being gay, mm. and you hear all these types of stories... And it's like, when I look at the base of Donald Trump and I see how ignorant a lot of them are, yeah. and I was like, with you traveling and, and going on tours and seeing people, are you able to change what people think or how they look at gay people? Is that a thing where, because I know a lot of times yeah. it's it's so disrespectful and it's like, but do you need those people to become president? Yeah. So, look, you're not going to get everybody, but most people, yeah, I think so. And the way I know is from my own experience at home. So I wanted a date, and I figured, all right, step one, come out. So um, there was no way to know what the politics of that was. I was already mayor. It was an election year mm -hmm. when I, when I kind of hit that point in my life. I wound up getting reelected in Indiana in a socially conservative community while Mike Pence was the governor of our state. I got 80%. And what that told me was that there are some people who, who maybe can't get over this, but everybody else is either supportive or they don't care. Mm -hmm. And all I need is enough people to either be supportive or not care. Uh, and I think that's the vast majority of Americans because elections are about how your life is going to be different. Uh, you know, we, we talk about our own stories and we explain who we are. But at the end of the day, it's not about my life. It's about your life. All right, we got more with Mayor Pete when we come back. Don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're kicking in with Mayor Pete. Charlemagne? Uh, I was on The Shop on HBO. Mm, yeah. And um, Little Nas X was on there. Are you familiar with Little Nas X? Yeah. Yeah. And Kevin Hart was on there. And Kev is getting some backlash. He's being called homophobic because people think he was being dismissive of Little Nas X because he said, I don't I, I, I don't care. And with all that early success, you felt it was important to make a, an announcement recently. You said it was gay. So what? Why do you feel it was necessary to come out and say that? It's not that like it's like being forced. It's just like knowing like growing up. I'm growing up to hate this. Hate what? Homosexuality. So it's like if for me... The cool dude with the song on top of everything to say this, any other time, like, I'm doing this for attention in my eyes. But if you're doing this, like, while you're at the top, you know it's, like, for real. People think he was being dismissive of Little Nas X by saying he said he was gay. Yeah. So what? Like, I, my question is, if I say I don't care who a man is sleeping with, why is that a problem? It was, I think it was the fact that he found it necessary to interrupt Little Nas X and jump in and let everybody know that he doesn't care. Like, Got you. like it's almost like uh, I'm, I don't want to say that I know how this sounds to other people, but but I will say that I think a lot of gay people hear that 
and hear something that might not be that different than what some folks hear when they hear somebody say, I don't see color. Um. Like, no, this is a thing. And what's so impressive about what Lil Nas X is doing, I think he actually downplayed a little bit because he talked about doing this from a position of strength. And that was impressive. He's, you know, this moment when he's blowing up, he decides to do this. Mm -hmm. But what he was downplaying is that there's a lot to lose, right, by doing that uh, at this moment. Um, you know, why? Because now he's he, he gets to talk about that whether he wanted to or not. Maybe he'd rather be talking about his music. He took that step and that took a lot of courage. And I think when somebody finds it necessary to uh, wave their arms up and down and jump up and down telling you how much this isn't a thing for them, it makes you wonder whether they're being honest with themselves. Ooh. So you find yourself in that position, I guess, like being being a candidate, like, you know, I'm, I'm going to say this. Yeah. I'm going to put it out there. And you yeah, know, in a way. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you and, said you don't, you don't want people to care, though. You said they're either not going to care. Well, look, it means different things to different people. I'm not out to be the president of gay America. I'm, I'm out to be the president of the United States of America. But it's part of who I am. It's part of my experience. It shapes me. I think it informs uh, the way I come at the world. Um, part of it is the fact that I'm in a marriage. Just not a gay marriage, just a marriage, right? And like everybody else who's married, that's part of how I come at the world. But also, you know, the fact that I belong to a group that's, uh, that, that, that's been uh, impacted by hate, right, does affect the way I understand the world. Now, for most of the time, especially at home, when, when Chastin and I were figuring out how to be, uh, you know, uh, a couple in South Bend when people didn't know how to deal with this, we found that we could just act like any other couple, invite other people to treat us that way, and for the most part, they did. But we weren't blind to the fact that that was a big deal for other people, even in their own minds, as yeah. they were going through the process of treating us uh, like it wasn't a big deal. That might have been a big deal for them. So in the same way that we can't pretend that that identities don't exist, uh, we can't pretend this isn't a thing. It, it's just to, to make sure we have a way of going through life to where it's not the only thing. So how do I, as a heterosexual man, handle a situation like that? Because I'm like, I want him to feel comfortable. Yeah. And, and have his conversation. Yeah. But I also don't want him to think it's something that he has to talk about. I even said right. that to him. I was like, yo, you don't have to answer these questions if right. you don't want to. I wasn't the one asking the questions. Yeah. But I just feel like it just felt weird for them to be putting him on the spot yeah. like that. No, I think we have to talk about it. I mean, we have to go through the, especially if we're going to trip over something on the way, all the more reason that, that, that we ought to talk about it. And, you know, he, he made a decision to kind of put this out there. Uh, I think part of the good that that's going to do in the world is the conversations it's going to launch. So, Let's have the conversation. Um, why aren't we having panels about things like election security? Mm. When you know that the Russians interfered with the election, <laughs> yeah. when you know it's voter suppression, when you see Mitch McConnell, after getting this intel about the Russians interfering, shut down an election security bill, why aren't we raising more hell about the fact that our democracy is probably dead as we know it. How do we even know our vote will count in 2020? Why aren't they making noise about that the way they are about climate change? Well, I think part of it is because there's less of a sense of what we're supposed to do about it. Like, as long as the people in charge of protecting us are too embarrassed to admit that there's a problem, right? Because if they admit there's a problem, then they might be admitting they benefited from it, and that's not a road they want to go down. On right? both sides, Republican? Uh, no, I'm talking okay. about the Republicans. Okay. Um, well, this president in particular. I think a lot of Republicans deep down are horrified by all this, but they can't bring... I mean, you can tell, like, this Moscow-Mitch thing is one of the few things that actually got yeah, yeah, to yeah. Mitch McConnell, right? Uh, because I think deep down they know that there's something wrong with blocking election security measures, which they're doing, I think, really just to save face. So, yeah, it's a problem. But here's the other no, I think thing. they're blocking it because they're benefiting from the Russian interference. Well, there's that, too. But if we sit here saying, look, our democracy is completely broken, you shouldn't even bother, then we're sending out a message saying, don't, don't vote, don't get involved, don't be part of the process. 
which is exactly what they need to do, right? So we're in this trap where we know there are things being done to make our elections less legitimate, but we cannot participate in uh, the destruction of confidence in our elections because then nobody votes. Then they definitely win, right? But ignoring a problem doesn't make it go away. No so, question. So no, we've got to deal with it. Aren't you kind of putting fuel on a fascist agenda? Because that's part of a think, fascist agenda, corrupt elections, acting like they're legitimate. Yes, but also acting like elections are illegitimate. This is the, this is a paradox. We're in. We've got to face up to the fact that there are a bunch of ways that our elections are being warped, right? Yeah, it's Russian interference, but it's also... Uh, voter suppression, most of which is racially motivated or racially organized. It's the way the districts are drawn, right? I mean, in a very simple, very naked way, you could say that a lot of elections are rigged, not by anything nefarious happening on election day, but just by the way the district itself is shaped to make sure there's this outcome and not that outcome. So we got to name that. More importantly, we've got to fix that. Mm -hmm. And all the while, we got to do that in a way that doesn't discourage people from being part of the process because coming to the polls and getting the right people elected, even on a tilted playing field, is the only chance we've got of changing anything. But you know, Trump is already setting it up to say that the Democrats are receiving uh, outside interference. Oh, yeah. And if he's setting it up he right loses, now. he's going to call the entire legitimacy of the election into doubt. That's Absolutely. why our job is to make sure it is not even close. I got two more questions. I know you yeah. got to go. Um, this was for the people of South Bend, Indiana. A lot of people were upset that you demoted the black police chief yeah. and hired a uh, right. white guy. Yeah. Yeah, so two different issues. Let, let me take the second one first. So uh, we are struggling to to recruit and retain black officers, and it's really important to have a department that reflects the community that we serve. Uh, it's gotten harder over time. It was hard to begin with that the numbers have been moving in the wrong direction. Now, um, that's definitely not for lack of caring about it. We're working at it. We're, we're trying all kinds of different things with recruiting. And this is a problem happening everywhere in the country. But I'm not going to bullshit people. It's, it's a problem. And, uh, and I'm going to own the fact that we're not where we want to be. In terms of the chief, what happened was there was an investigation, a federal criminal investigation into the department. And as a consequence of what I learned in that investigation, I lost my confidence that he was the right person to be my chief. It was really unfortunate because he was the first uh, black chief in the city's history. So why not another black person? Uh, you know, I, I would have loved if the right person had been black, but mm -hmm. it just didn't work out that way. I mean, I also got to find the right person for the job. Got you. Popeye's chicken sandwich. You had it yet? <laughs> Say again? Did you have the Popeye's chicken sandwich? No, not in a while. No, the new one. No, what is it? Oh, you haven't had it? No, I'm, I'm, uh, most of my meals like are, That's why I asked you, you like most of my meals are in vehicles. No, what's special about it? Like different kinds of sauce? I haven't had it yet, but it's driving people crazy all over social yeah? media. All right, yeah. I'll try it. You haven't seen it? No. I'm sure your, your team has seen the Popeye's. Yeah, why wasn't I briefed right? on this? Somebody's getting fired today. I'm, I'm, I'm still trying to come to terms with chicken fries from, from Burger King, so I'm a little behind the curve on chicken fries. You remember when they came out with that? I know it was a while ago, but like I'm... I'm just saying, like, it takes me a while to catch up on the chicken fries. My goodness. I'll try it. My guy, Mayor Pete, man. Thank you, Mayor Pete, for joining us. Thank you for coming, man. Appreciate you. Give them your Pleasure. campaign info so they can... Yeah, PeteForAmerica.com. Follow me at Pete Buttigieg. Or uh, what's the new Twitter head? Uh, we have a Pete for America one, two for the campaign. Text Pete to 25859 uh, and uh, look for me to come somewhere near you sometime soon. Absolutely. And if you see a ministry, buy him a Popeye's chicken sandwich. <laughs> Sounds All good. Right. It's the Breakfast Club. It's Mayor Pete. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk new music. It's about time. What's going on? Yo, yo, yo. Rumor report. Rumor report. This is the Rumor Report. Talk to him. With Angela Yee on the Breakfast Club. All right. Now we got some new music to uh, preview to you guys. Now, the first artist we're about to play, uh, you might not know him. 
He has been linked with Jason Lee from Hollywood Unlocked. What? Mm-hmm. Like, what, the date? Uh, I had a crush on him. Jason Lee had a crush on him? Or he had a crush on Jason Lee? He had a crush on Jason Lee. How do you how do you got this tea? Our very own Dramos. Uh, is that what I'm talking about? You guys got to ruin this for me with that intro? Now, Dramos uh, released the EP. That is our uh, one of our producers and board ops. He's released the EP you today. You do music, Dramos? Yeah. Oh, that's why you working here. Yep. Oh. He said, yep. <laughs> <laughs> now, this one is called Sazon. Oh, God. <laughs> I need to say something real quick. DJ Dramos is the person who plays like the snippets of songs when we want him to play snippets of songs. Right. When I need sound effects, he plays sound effects. Dramos, what sound effect do I want to hear right now? <laughs> no, I don't. No, I don't. Get my farts ready. <laughs> Get my, fart on your own record, Dramos. No. Fart on your own record. This isn't fair. This is bias. Okay? <laughs> all right? He controls the board. All right? Fart on your own record. I can't, it's not working. It's not working. It's not working. All right. Well, Post Malone, he released a, a new project. Yeah. Uh, the parts are working again. <laughs> the parts are working, working again. So this one is Post Malone featuring Meek Mill and Lil Baby. We're not gonna remix Rockstar and then give it back to the people and try to get you another Rockstar Post Malone. That's not happening. Fart that, on that record. All right. That's what he did. Fart all over that that <laughs> m- 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 mayonnaise music. <laughs> we have another. Now, I'm not gonna lie. I did hear a record with Post Malone um, and Big Sean. That's hard. I think it's on Big Sean album though. Mm. Now we have another Post Malone joint. This one is featuring the baby. It's called. All right. Drop on the clues bomb for the baby. The baby be snapping. Too bad he had to snap on such a trash ass record. <laughs> Shut up. Fought man. all over that post Malone. <laughs> garbage. Goodness Shut up, man. And lastly, Fat Joe dropped a new record. This one features Cardi B. And how do you pronounce this guy's name? An- An- Anwal A.A. Yes. Uh, face down. The boys on the watch. Watch the mate now. Uh, like this uh, up. Chandelier. And that be like voodoo. Santa real. Mm. Betcha man ain't getting money like me. Nope. Betcha little little hey, trap hey, on me. Mm. Whole life on parole. Can't talk to mm. felons. I tell that up in the cops. A man still telling. Uh, still telling. Uh, Still telling, throw that whole chick away. That still telling, still telling, still telling. Look at these kids every time. Still telling, his hook hard. Why y'all let the hook ride? They only played that little clip. Oh, face down, ass up. Dropping the clues bomb for Fat Joe. That's a tough tune. That's what he says on the hook. I know we got another clip. Let's play another clip of it. Boy, never been stressed by. Never been pressed by. Murder and the money on my mind. 
I'm in my trigger finger itch, bitch. I've been in my bag, hopping out of jets, been running shit. Traffic, hope you say it with your chest. Brrr. Hit on deck, it ain't nothing but a check. Lace from pushes, why the f you got a vest? Looking for me, hit my line. 1-800-5-9-B-X. Drop on the clues, Bonds for Barty, goddammit. Okay. Okay, tough tune. Okay. Don't ever think those Atlantic checks stop clearing over here. Oh, stop We're it. We're going to always support. <laughs> stop it. Drop on the clues, Bonds for Fat Joe, Cardi B. Anal A. What's his name? It's not Anal A, man. What's his name? It's Annuel. Annuel. What is it? Unwell. 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 That's a tough tune. I like that record. All right. Tough, 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 tough tune, goddammit. Well, that is your You should play that report. in full, Envy. I am. We're going to play it next hour. Yeah. All right. Only but record we played out of that whole new music mix that was good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Every, like... Everything else was trash. All right. All well, right. let's so, get... Who was the first guy again? You want to play again? Who was the first guy we played? This guy has been linked to liking uh, Jason, Jason Lee. Lee from Hollywood a lot. Somebody else. Too. Lizzo called him an F-boy. Yes, Lizzo did call him an F-boy. Don't forget Cheryl Underwood. Cheryl Underwood. Yes. Oh, and he hates Beyonce. He hates Beyonce. He hates Beyonce, but he's making music like this. Let's hit his... Oh. <laughs> I got that heart for you. Cutting all over you. I double so please don't lose. Tastiest for you. Ooh. I got that heart for you. Cutting all over you. I double so please don't lose. Tastiest for you. Okay, enough. Who is this white guy you got talking on this record? That's not even a Spanish person. Who is that? <laughs> oh, this is disgusting. How do you right. let the board I play his own record? <laughs> I, hey, I, all right. Well, that is your I'm rumor report. radio. Now, when we come back donkey today, who you give me a donkey to? Payola. That's what we give me a donkey to. All right. Who did you pay, John? I need to know. Oh, How my goodness. You? Uh, 9-1-1 <laughs> is a joke. 9-1-1 is a joke. And we're going to talk about it for after the hour. All right. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. You are a donkey. It's time for donkey of the day. Donkey of the day, huh? I'm going to fatten all that shit around your eyes. They want this man to throw them blows, man. They wait for Charlemagne to tap these gloves. Let's go. You have to make the judgment of who was going to be on the donkey of the day. They chose you. Yeah. It's a breakfast club, bitches. Who's donkey of the day today? Well, I'm going to be honest with you. This one's a little dark today, guys. Mm. Uh, donkey of the day for Friday, September 6th, goes to 911 dispatcher Donna Renew. I think I'm pronouncing her name right. Uh, now, first things first. Rest in peace, Deborah Stevens. Deborah was a 47-year-old Arkansas woman who drowned in floodwaters when she was delivering local newspapers. She was swept away in a flash flood, and after finding herself stuck in some trees as waters continued to rise, Stevens called 911 for help, and she was connected with a cold-hearted human with zero empathy. I was just talking to psychiatrist uh, Dr. Jessica Clemens last night. Drop on the clues, bounce with Dr. Jess. I was talking to her about the joys of therapy and how therapy in a lot of ways makes you feel again. Like, this world can make you cold. Life can make you cold. And when you get that cold, you lose empathy for others. And that's exactly what I think uh, happened with this 911 dispatcher, Donna Renew. Because Deborah Stevens is dead. And I'm not going to blame Donna Renew for her death. But man, she sure didn't help. Let's go to CBS Weekend News for the report. As Deborah Stevens' SUV filled with water, she made a frantic call to 911. Oh, 
But her desperation didn't seem to make any difference to the dispatcher on the other end of the call. The Fort Smith, Arkansas woman was delivering newspapers last week when she told dispatcher Donna Renault she was swept away in flash flood waters. She couldn't swim. I'm scared. I've never had anything like this happen to me before. Well, this, will te- this will teach you next time don't drive in the water. Couldn't see it, ma'am. I'm sorry. I wouldn't do. I don't see how you didn't see it. You had to go right over it. It took 12 minutes for first responders to arrive. As onlookers watched her SUV fill with water, Stevens' pleas became more dire. These people are out. They can all see me. They're all standing out. They want to Miss Debbie, you're going to have to shut up, okay? Stevens drowned before emergency crews could get to her vehicle. Police called the dispatcher's response uncaring, but stopped short of saying she did anything wrong. She did nothing criminally wrong. It was that dispatcher's last day after six years on the job, not because she was fired, but because she had already resigned before that call came in. Donna, how do you feel today? Uh, you told Deborah she needs to shut up, yeah. and she shut the F up forever. Uh, you told her she wasn't going to die, and she's dead. Okay, let me tell you something. I consider myself a public servant. I am here to serve the needs of the public, so what the public is going through will always come first. Furthermore, I know I am an opinionated-ass person. I love to tell someone when I think they have done something stupid. I love to tell someone when I think they've done something wrong. In fact, I love it so much, I turned it into the highest-rated segment on the radio, Donkey of the Day. But it's a time and a place to tell someone when they have done something stupid. Deborah probably shouldn't have been driving in that area, but now is not the time to chastise her about it. When someone is calling you during a life or death situation, as a judgmental person, you have to make sure they survive so you can judge them for being foolish. Now, Donna, I know you're sitting around saying, nope, not my fault. Nobody told Deborah to drive when she was driving. And you might be right, but as a 911 dispatcher, you didn't help the situation at all, okay? You failed that woman simply because you don't know how to communicate with people. There is no way you can be a 911 dispatcher if you don't know how to properly communicate. There is a great new book coming out called Talking to Strangers by the legend Malcolm Gladwell, and it discusses a situation like this, okay? The subtitle of the book is The Things We Don't Know About the People We Don't Know. And what Donna didn't know about Deborah was Deborah couldn't swim. Uh, Deborah also might have suffered from anxiety, and she probably was having a panic attack in that situation. Donna didn't know that, but what Deborah didn't know about Donna was that was Donna's last day on the job, and Donna just didn't give a damn anymore. All right, Donna was already clocked out. Listen to the last piece of that news report. Play that little part with about what the news reporter said about her. It was that dispatcher's last day after six years on the job, not because she was fired, but because she had already resigned before that call came in. So it's possible that Donna is not heartless, like I said earlier. It's just that she was over it. We've all been there. When we are about to leave a situation, or we're about to go on vacation, or it's Friday like today, you like, F this, I'm ready to go. All right, Donna was clocked out mentally, and she was ready to go, period. So she just didn't care, all right? She didn't know she was going to get that kind of an emergency call. But as a 911 dispatcher, your job is to care. You don't have the luxury of not caring, even if it is your last day. Some things will forever be true. And in the words of the prophet named Chuck D and his bandmate Flavor Flav, 911 is indeed a joke. So get up and get, get, get down. 911 is joking your town. That's right. Get up and get, get, get down. Late 911, where's the late crown? Please let Remy Ma give Donna Renew the biggest hee-haw. Hee-haw!
You stupid motherfucker. You dumb. And that's why you have to have empathy for people. Correct. Because you don't know what people are going through. You don't know their backgrounds. You don't know their situations. Okay, Deborah was calling 911 because she thought that she was going to get somebody that had some empathy and could help her through the situation. She had no idea that that was Donna's last day, and Donna just did not care. Mm. All right. Well, thank you for that donkey today. Mm-hmm. Now, when we come back, comedian Gary Owen will be joining us. Oh, man, we're going from dark to darker. Yeah. It's a dark, very dark guy, Gary Owen is. No, he's not. What very dark. About? I don't mean skin complexion. I'm just talking about as a person. Oh. He um he has a Showtime special, comedy mm-hmm. special, coming out this Saturday. It's called, uh, I don't know what the hell it's called. <laughs> it's called what? It's, it's called, called what? I Do What I Do or something like that. Do I do. I do what I do. Do, 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 do as what? I say. Do as I say. Don't do I as I do. do. Don't do as I do. Do as I say. Whatever. That's why he's coming in. To all tell right. You all about Gary Owen, we come back. It's yeah. The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. You're checking out the world's most dangerous morning show. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. Yes, indeed. He didn't necessarily speak to me when he walked in this morning. He don't f- with you. you know, I don't right. know why he don't mess with me. Why you don't f- with him, Gary Owen? Gary Owen here. Because I went to this fake beatbox competition last night. And I walk in. And then this dude goes, oh, step, we got Tommy from Power in the building. No. And literally the crowd went, oh, sh**. No kidding, it's Gary. They went, oh. <laughs> oh, none of them are going to make it. So, <laughs> what, so what you you got mad because you could have got that off? You could have been like Tommy from Power for the night? I was Free mad. Drinks, maybe? No, I was mad at the reaction. I got that to be like, oh, Tommy. And then, no, it's Gary Owen. Oh, f- Tommy. Damn. It literally was, oh. Oh. I don't believe that. I believe people took pictures with you. People like you, Gary. Yeah, they did take a lot of pictures with me. You're a big deal. <laughs> they did. Gary gave me the middle finger so crazy. You envy. Wait till tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> I don't see a problem with that. Yeah. So what are you, what are you doing in here? What's I got a special. Special. Oh. I got a special coming out Saturday on Showtime, and I'm not lying. It's the <laughs> greatest comedy special of all time. Now that's saying a lot because Dave Chappelle just dropped a pretty special one. <laughs> Chappelle. <laughs> talking about the dude that got beat up in the nutty professor, got thrown the piano. That's Chappelle. The guy from Half-Baked, the third lead, that's Chappelle. Yes. Kinda, yeah, good luck. He's kind of funny. It's all right. Mine's better. <laughs> Did you like his special? I don't I don't want stand-up like that. I didn't watch it. <laughs> I watched some clips, but mine, I was amazed. I was watching it, and I go, this is so good. <laughs> and then I realized it's me. What are, you, what, are you, what are you saying that's so special about it? When you're watching in the editing bay, there was no edit. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. It was yeah. just like... Boom! It was perfect. Like there's callbacks. I go in on I go in on people which I don't normally go in on like that. Who? Because who do I talk about in this special? Uh, Tommy. Obviously, I talk about Joe Sakura, Amari Hardwick, uh, Will Packer, Monique. <laughs> going on Monique pretty hard. So just be ready. Really? Yeah. Uh, How the optics of that going to look? You know, we live in a world of optics. White man going in on a black woman. I didn't like that like that. I just like that as Monique. Yeah. You brought racing to me. <laughs> <laughs> just tell uh, me what Twitter's going to say. Uh, who, who else? Uh, Kev. I'm going on Kev. Pretty good. Kev. Uh, that's bad Kev, That's bad timing. Uh, dude, you have no idea. <laughs> that's so the bad went, Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Horrible time again. That was, was going to be heartless. <laughs> and I was like, he's okay. Good. Okay. Uh, I know he's called Showtime. Like, postpone the special. 
I'm about to do a, no. a Joe Clark. Code Red! Listen, God forbid if Kev would have died, would you have edited it? I probably would I probably still would have kept it. <laughs> what is wrong with you? I would have put like dedicated to at the end. <laughs> I'd be like this. This is a joke. <laughs> this guy's crazy. I'm, I'm glad it's okay. But I, let me think. Uh, uh, Bill Cosby. Let me see. Bill Cosby. Everybody, everybody gets it. Everybody mm-hmm. gets it. What do you think about people who making fun of his uh, his accident? Like I see a lot of comedians. I seen a comedian post a, a toy car and say Kevin got into a car accident. You think it's it's funny to make fun of a, a comedian when they down like that? Once we found he was okay, mm-hmm. then it's okay to make fun of him. But I don't know. I mean, I would think he would expect it. You know, I think he appreciates it. It'd make him laugh mm-hmm. in the hospital. Yeah, I'm sure he wants a good laugh. Some of them are. You can see them coming though. Mm-hmm. Like I was like the little car seats and shit. I go, come on guys, get more creative. You know, what I, I mean? said the irony of you know him being called homophobic when he's laid up somewhere with a broke back. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. Like I saw the upside, you know, they're going to upside two. Oh, that was yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I was like yeah, this. Yeah. Well, I thought he was just trying to get that Teddy Pendergrass biography going. <laughs> I think I better let it go. <laughs> you guys are crazy, man. Because Tyrese been fighting for that role. What if Kev came in? <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> Why do you know, like Showtime for your stand-up specials? Yeah, They're the ones that say yes. We Uh-oh. go to Netflix, man. It's just, it's tough, man. Yeah. They they, they keep, uh, they don't open that door for me yet. Why? Got to ask them. I don't know. Do they think you don't have... Because I'm white. You don't have the following? I don't know what they think. you do have a following. Yeah, I got a big following. A following. It's going to be way bigger when this special comes out. God, it's good. It's the, uh, really, it's the best of all time. Do you think that networks are the best places to get your stand-up out now, though? Like Showtime? Yeah. I don't know, because I always think, like, there's a bunch of college kids getting stoned, and then they'll be like, hey, let's turn this on. That I mean, that's the advantage of Netflix. Uh, but, I mean, one thing about Showtime, though, it does stick out. Like, you know, within the network, they're promoting it, where Netflix is a lot to choose from. I heard you speak about, like, certain things white people should know are unacceptable. Well, I well I talked to him especially talk about Roseanne. I mm-hmm. said, how do you get fired? How does Roseanne fire Roseanne? Because that's yeah. really what it was. Like, the show Roseanne fire Roseanne. Yeah. And I hate it when white people do stuff on social media and then they act dumb to it. Like, I didn't know. Like, I didn't know that she didn't know the head of her network was a black lady. And I mean, it's, it's common sense. We know what we can and cannot say. Stuff like that, you don't know what to say. We can't say the N word. Do you really know? What? I always feel like you don't know the line until you cross it. No, we know. Certain really? lines. We know. We know. I mean, the N word we, we, is a, we, a we, we play stupid, but we know. Really? All white people know how far you, you're supposed to go. That's how I made in this business. You know, you know exactly how far to push the envelope yeah. without going too far. All you got to do is not wear blackface and not say the N word, though, guy. I mean, there's other things you can't say. Like what? I can't say them. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of things you like can't that. say that yeah. I can't say. I'm the, you're not setting me up, but yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, I, know, I, I know what's offensive to black people and what's not. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, and you there's trigger words. I'm sure black people got trigger words for white people. If you want to get us all do, riled up, oh, he'll, right? say, he'll say, guys, say a couple of. What? Give us one. Crack ass cracker? <laughs> oh, that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> mayonnaise is the one, though. For whatever reason, mayonnaise sets white people off. Really? If you hear the phone calls that come to this radio station when I say mayonnaise, I call them a human jar of Hellman's, they hate it. Why? I don't know. And mayonnaise is so tasty. No, it's not. <laughs> yes. It's just so good. Too much of it ruins any dish. Too much. Exactly. But a little bit? That's all. Just a little, little bit. A little bit in the tuna fish. A little bit in the tuna salad. A little bit in the tuna fish. A little bit in the potato there salad. That's it. I don't like potato salad. Really? I don't like potatoes. Potatoes should be hot. Who came mm. up with potato salad? Black people give up potato salad, you think? You definitely. You think so? Why do you think that? Because they couldn't afford lettuce, so they had to put potatoes in it. Who 
told you that? I don't know. I just made that up. I was going to say, that sounds stupid. Lettuce be easy. Lettuce is cheaper than potatoes. <laughs> you think so? Easier to grow, too. Yeah. Do you run things by your wife to make sure they're not offensive? So she'll tell me. like she, she I don't like her going to my shows, though, man, because she messes it up. Because I remember one time I was doing a job joke, and I got off stage. She was like, it sounds like you're still getting blow and I was like, what? She goes, that joke sounds like you're still getting blown. She looked at her and said, I so, am. So I was looked at her. I was like, so the next show, I'm at a comedy club. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're sitting there. I said, so yeah. So this chick, right? You know, she was sucking my in 96 before I met my wife. Didn't know who she was. It's like, well, you f***ed the whole joke. <laughs> <laughs> but she don't know you t- speaking about past situations? Yeah, but she said it's the way it made it sound. I don't know. All right, we got more with Gary Owen. When we come back, don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Everybody, it's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the God. We are the Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Gary Owen. Charlemagne? Do you fear something from your past coming back to haunt you? Like, what? like on Twitter? Or no, I mean, I said some said. stupid stuff when Twitter first came out, just because yeah. you don't know. Mm-hmm. But I don't think so. Like I said, we're We're comedians. It doesn't really affect us. We act like it does, it but it doesn't. Well, if, if you don't say, like, Roseanne, but especially just stand-up whenever, you know, I always get this question, like, do you feel like we're in a PC culture? You can't say what you want to say as a stand-up? No, because if you go to comedy clubs, we're still talking about the same stuff. Are you? In the same way? Same way. No. At comedy clubs. Really? Okay. Yeah, because, you know, when, when, when what is it, Hannibal Burris, he, remember he got in the little heat about Bill Cosby, yeah. and then Tracy Morgan a couple years got in the heat. It didn't affect their career. They're still on the road, still selling tickets. Just like when they're saying Chappelle, I was like, it's not going to affect his career. Gotcha. So it, uh, the stuff we do on stage, it ne- doesn't affect us at all. I had to, I had to do an, apo- I had to issue an apology a couple years ago to the um, special needs people because I did a joke about my cousin, my cousin's special needs, mm-hmm. right? So they, they came in. What was the joke? It was about the Special Olympics, and you can't say the R word. It really because it said the R word. What's the R word? I can't say it. It's retarded. Okay. But that's what it is. But that's the R word. You know, you're not supposed to say it. Well, you're not supposed to say it. All right, but go ahead. I didn't get the email. Okay, okay. So I said it in my special. It's crazy, though, because we grew up in an era where they would say mentally retarded. Like, that was the actual term. My cousin is. Yeah. So now she's confused. Because I got to go back and be like, no, you're special needs. She goes, I thought it was retarded. I go, you are. But you're not allowed to say it anymore. So what was your apology? I wasn't my apology. It was uh my my publicist wrote it. Okay. And then those are the worst. I had to I had to apologize because they were threatening. You know, I had the Gary Owens show on BT. Right. All these advocates, they were going after like McDonald's and people that were advertising on my show. Mm. And I was a perfect level of celebrity to go after because I was big enough that they could get some heat, but I wasn't big enough that I could say screw off. Gotcha. Yeah. So I was the perfect level to go after. And what I realized is after I issued the apology. They just went on to the next person. There was no, like, they just, I would, they were done with Gary. Then they went after another comic. I was mm. like, oh, they're just mad. But that's how it should work, though, right? What? You say something, you apologize, and people keep moving. The only thing I don't like about the apologies is a lot of times they're not real. Uh, mine wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> at all. I didn't mean it you at just... all. Like, I didn't write it. Okay. I didn't, when it came out, I go, man, that's a really good apology from me. <laughs> Gary is crazy. Well, you got, you, listen. And what I realized, this is what I realized. Going through all that with the um, with the, with the special needs advocates, mm-hmm. it wasn't ever the special needs people. Because I only talked about one special needs person. It was my cousin. Right. I didn't talk about a whole group. Right. And my cousin's cool with me. So what are you mad about? And what I, what I realized is, like, I got this message from this lady one time. And she was like, I have a special needs son. 
and he's the greatest joy and blessing in my life. Right. And I hope one day karma kicks in your ass and you have a special needs kid. And I went, I sent her back a message. I go, so you want me to have the greatest joys and blessings in my life? Exactly. She just sent back, F you. <laughs> I was like this. It made no sense. It did. And when I think what it is, dealing with all that was, I think when you're a, a parent of a special needs kid, you're frustrated and, you know, it's a lifelong responsibility. It's not mm-hmm. like they turn 18 and they leave. So where do you vent your frustration? And you're like, I can't be mad at the kid. Can't be mad at God. Oh, my God, this comedian's talking about him. I'm going to get mad at him. And that's where it comes from. Gotcha. That's that's the only thing I can think of. I just get upset when they get upset with us about language. Like, if it's not a slur, if it's something that we literally were raised on. They taught us to say, they, they refer to them as mentally retarded or... Mm-hmm. Even the word female, I see people get upset about now. It's like, w- nobody told us you can't use these words anymore? When did that memo go out? Yeah, and I have my I have my web guy spliced together like this reel that we won't release unless somebody tries to do something again. But it's literally, it's 10 minutes, and it's 17 comics saying the word retarded in their act. So you're snitching on them. I'm not snitching on nobody. That is but snitching. It's, it's ev- I'm not Sorry, that's snitching. I'm saying you ain't going to just come after me. I'm not that's the only snitch. one going down. That's Nino Brown, bro. You Nino White. Yeah, like, everybody going down. Exactly. But it's everybody. It's like, it's a lot of big name comics. It's white, black. It's everybody goes. So I'm, it's mainly to, to show them, you're just going to be mad, and you're you're not going to win that battle. Comedians are going to be comedians. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Well, they kind of did win with me, because I did issue an apology. And and I think the the advocates for special needs people they always be like well they can't defend themselves and my take is I don't think I'm better than them that's why I talk about them you know what I mean if I think mm-hmm. I'm better than you I'm not gonna talk about you I've like, been assaulted by two special needs people strong yes right? they can defend themselves holy cow okay. strong yeah. chased by one dude you can't beat them in Red Rover. What <laughs> if you hold your arms out? Red Rover, come over. They Man, don't break. Not going. Not going. Oh my God! I don't know. It's like God's like, look, I'm gonna take a little bit of the brain. I'm gonna give you some super strength. Um, listen, I had <laughs> one pick me up out. and put me on top of like a gate, like there was this gate around the football track. <laughs> what? And he, he picked me up and put me on top of it and just held me on top of it. So like, and he held me just enough so like the top of the gate was like going into my skin. It was crazy. I wrestled. <laughs> Listen, I was high school. I wrestled. <laughs> it's a true story. And one of the teams we wrestling had a special needs kid that wanted to wrestle. So they were like, Gary, you wrestle him. I said, okay. Why, why so they, they're why telling you? me, don't beat him. I couldn't. <laughs> I go, Gary, that was so good. I go, you don't realize. I was trying to win, coach. <laughs> that dude pinned me. Like, and the way he pinned me, because you know wrestling's all graceful. It was, I wish there was a videotape. It's just my legs flopping, and he's just holding me. <laughs> I'm going. And then they hit the mat, and, like, the whole gym stood up, like, yeah. I'm looking around like, I tried to win. He really beat me. Yeah. <laughs> this was not like an act. Like, Oh, my God. <laughs> it was so strong. And he had no form. This dude just was standing there. And then I'm going in. I tried to sh- I couldn't know with him. It was like steel. Goodness gracious, Gary. Where you at this weekend, Gary? Uh, I'm in uh, Tacoma, Washington this weekend. But who cares? Saturday. <laughs> yes. The Showtime special airs. That's, that's, okay, the special. And it's called Hashtag Doing What I Do. It's the greatest comedy special of all time. Are you hungover? No, you're making me laugh. That's your what, your eyes are saying you're something gonna be different. Crying. I don't know. <laughs> I think he's on something. <laughs> <I'm messing laughs> uh, what time is the special? Come on, Saturday, ten thirty Eastern Standard Time, nine thirty of you in Memphis. Showtime, Showtime, baby. Oh Greatest special of all time. Calling it. Wait, wait till I come back. You're gonna be like this, yo. 
I'm going to tweet you if it's good. Watch. I'm going to post about it if it's good. Dude, it's so, if so I don't, good. If I don't post about it this weekend, just so. <laughs> I'm going to do a post. I'm going to post on uh, social media where I'm going to be like, uh, I'm going to tell the comics, if you don't, because you know comics would be like, we like to repost, promote, watch this right, guy's right. stuff. If you, I'm going to be like, if you don't repost it, that means I'm funnier than you. Trust. So see if they don't repost it like this. You tell on yourself, haters. Hey. Boom. <laughs> Gary Owen, ladies and gentlemen. Hey. Thank you for joining us. I didn't know what that meant. It just sounded good. Hey. hey. <laughs> Gary Owen, it's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Whatever. The Breakfast Club. <laughs> Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Yes, indeed. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk Joey Crack. It's time. She's spilling the tea. This is The Rumor Report with Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. Now, we have a special uh, person on the phone line right now. Yeah, I don't know why we talk about people in The Rumor Report when we can talk to them. That's right. We got Fat Joe on the line. Joey Crack, what up? What's up, y'all? Good morning, y'all. Envy, let me tell you something. This is how I woke up this morning. I caught an epiphany. Fat Joe is the Big Mac. <laughs> why, why? why are you the Big Mac, Joey, Joey Crack? Because I was good in the 80s, better in the 90s, better in the 2000s. I got that special sauce. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Crack! I'm the Big Mac. That's the bottom line. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Joe Crack, yes is yes is a very tough tune, my brother. Very tough tune. No, bro, that joint is a missile, man. Shout out to everybody, Cardi B. I know everybody a part of this song here, baby. Cooler Dre. I mean, you know, it's, it's off the album Family Ties. Envy heard the album. The album out of control. Album is crazy. Okay. What's the album? Is a Fat Joe album? What is it? No, it's Sad Joe and Dre from Cool and Dre. So I forced my man to become an artist. He's been making hits behind the scenes forever. And I finally said, yo, Dre, you got to stop writing hits for everybody. You got to come out and be an artist. So that, when I tell you the album is phenomenal, it is a classic the, album. The album is dope. I heard the album. The album is dope. Now, now, now Joe Kridak, uh I've been hearing some things. I, 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 heard that, I heard that you may have a verse from uh, Mr. Sean Carter. Man, where you hear these things from? I wish. <laughs> I mm. wish. Don't worry about all that, man. Uh, like, uh, you know what I'm uh, saying? We on this. Yeah. I didn't hear no verse from, from, from Sean Carter on the album. I, mean, I, I heard of Cardi B. I heard a couple of other spies guests. But but, but what, what, what else you got cooking? Charlemagne, let me tell you something. Everybody's going vegan. But whenever you want to fall off the wagon, you grab a big man. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Envy keep playing the snippet. I'm telling Envy got to play the whole record a few times right now. Let's play the record. Let's play the record. All right, we're going to play the record right now. We're going to play it right now. Put that record on, man. All right. Get it, boy. All right. It's Fat Joe, Cardi B. It's called Yes. And how you say it? Anuel, Anuel, Anuel. Anuel. Thank you, Joey Crack. One love. That's your rumor report. Let's get into the record right now. And Revolt, we'll see you guys on Monday. And don't forget, my car show is tomorrow. Let's get into the joint right now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. This is... Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. 
Now, um, shout to Mayor Pete for joining us this morning. Yeah, salute to Mayor Pete, man. And uh, make sure you go online and Google Mayor Pete's Douglas plan. I mean, it's just something to read up on, you know? I mean, it's not too many politicians, especially ones that are running for president, who have specific agendas for African Americans. You know, right. they, they, they tend to ignore us and they try to, you know, all lives matter us in a lot of these situations and right. hit us with that rising tide lifts all boats. When you see somebody who has a specific plan, at least just go check it out. Right. You know, I, 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 I dig Mad Pete. He's a, he's, a, he's a cool individual. I think he'll be a great senator one day. I agree. I like Mayor, I like Mayor Pete as well. And then shout out to Gary Owen for joining us too. I don't have anything good to say about that guy. Uh, <laughs> Gary, Owen, <laughs> Gary Owen has a special coming on Showtime this Saturday. What is it called? We still don't know the name of it. <laughs> we just had him on. <laughs> what is it called? I Do What I Do? I don't know. Doing, Doing what, what I, I want to do. do. And he says that it's better than Dave Chappelle's Sticks and Stones. I don't know if that's true, but we're going to watch his special this weekend. Right. And we're going to be overly critical of it. Oh, boy. Okay? And if it's mildly trash, we're going to act like it's spicy trash. Oh, my God. All right? So everybody get ready to tweet Gary Owen comedy this weekend and tell him whether you like his special or not. Okay? We'll All be on right. Showtime this weekend. Let's hate watch it on Saturday. All right. Now, also, um, don't forget my car show is this Saturday. So uh, if you're going to head to the car show, get there early. We're going to have a lot of fun. We got some of your favorite celebrity cars that's going to be there. We have jumpies and bouncies for kids. Uh, you can buy tickets at the door. So um, can't wait to see you guys, man. A lot of planning, a lot of uh, stuff going on, a lot of surprises. So we'll see you guys tomorrow. And happy birthday to our guy, N-O-R-E, man. Yo, no, drop, one the, drop one of the clues bombs for N-O-R-E, my guy, uh, my friend, my business partner. I rock with Noriega, man. Shout happy born day, man. Nori. I don't know why Envy ain't doing Nori mix this morning, but you know he only represent Queens sometimes. Nah, and being, my and, and, mix, that's nah, wild, man. and being that he got awarded the Dominicans of the year last night, I think he about to front on all you Puerto Ricans, oh, Nori. I'm just letting you know that. <laughs> Shout out to just my no, brother, just know Nori, that. man. Nori! What's up, Nori? All right, man. When we come back, positive notice the Breakfast Club. Good morning. <laughs> it's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Now, you were at Powerhouse last night. Yeah, man, I want to salute everybody in Brooklyn that came out to Powerhouse Arena. Uh, you know, the paperback for my second book, Shook One, Anxiety Playing Tricks on Me, it came out this week. I always love when the paperback book drops because that means that the brothers in the jails can get a hold of the paperbacks. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? And I, especially this book, this book that is about me and my experiences and journey, journeys with my therapist and, you know, talking about my anxiety and depression and just all type of things. Um, I'm glad that this can get to the prisons because those brothers in prisons definitely need to make some investments in their mental wealth. And a uh, salute to the homie, Dr. Jessica Clements. Mm -hmm. You know, she moderated um, the conversation. She's a, a, a great psychiatrist. And I love when people come out and we have these big discussions about investing in our mental wealth, man. It, it's a beautiful thing. So salute to everybody that came out the Powerhouse Arena in Brooklyn and go grab the paperback of Shook Ones if you feel like it. And uh, the positive note is simply this, man, empathy. That's something that a lot of us lack. And I just want you to know that empathy is seeing with the eyes of another, listening with the ears of another, and feeling with the heart of another. You can only understand people if you feel them in yourself. Breakfast Club, bitches! Y'all finished or y'all done?